and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And wait, Hannah, what are we doing? Wait, hold on. What stop. are we doing? Wait, stop. Stop. Uh, well, uh, it, uh, here we go. Here we go. That's better. Welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast. Thank fuck for that. Do we sound sexy? I hope we sound sexy because these mics cost a lot more than that last one. Yeah, I, I hope that you are uncomfortable with how HD we sound right now. Um... Please stop that, Hannah. Uh, so, welcome to the new and improved Goblet of Wine podcast with new microphones. Yeah, we do ASMR now. Uh, it's super <laughs> uncomfortable. We're completely rebranding and that's what we do now. We just make weird noises. Well, it's not ASMR. We are no, rebranding no. as a podcast with actual decent microphones. So you can all stop tweeting us about how shit the audio quality is. Are you glad? Because we're glad. We're so happy that we're starting a new book with like decent microphones. We like, are so excited. They're so sexy and we have a mixer and everything and oh my god it's like the fittest setup is so good yeah if you just started this episode this all sounds weird but this is nice it's nice so today we're starting with prisoner of azkaban chapters one and two we are we're really really excited about it Um, the official intro has gone to shit it has but this is we sound good we sound good we have new mics amazing let's get into it Hi, Charlie. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it, it hasn't has. just been a while. It's been like a hot minute. <laughs> and okay, I know we always say that and that we apparently are a really fucking repetitive, repetitive po- podcast. But, but no, seriously, it has been fucking forever. And the amount that has changed since last recording, we just keep saying, have we crossed over into some kind of alternate dimension? Yeah, like welcome to all our new listeners hi hi how are you thank you for the multitude of ways you found us in the crazy couple of months it's been it's absolutely lovely to have you we don't know why you're here but we are very happy that you are yeah um so, so if anyone needs a, the briefest of brief recaps because we don't want to make this long we finished chamber of secrets we did and basically at the same time we went to an event called dracon we talked Which, about it a bit yeah it was incredible it was one of the best weekends of my, my life. entire life yeah um we met so many fantastic absolutely incredible people from the people that for some reason came to our talks and the cast that we met and the organizers and just everyone that we met just amazing yeah uh but like so we met all those people the weekend was amazing and then two days later we suddenly find ourselves at number five on the british tv and And film film podcast charts from itunes which was absolutely insane and then we find an official tweet from you know chris rankin recommending us which is where some of the new listeners have come from yeah so so, um, thank you so much chris Chris. we love you and also thank you chris for being on our last episode if you haven't listened to our last episode because you don't like bonus episodes then Uh, you're uh, mad it's one of the best things in the world you know fuck you uh so yeah go back our last episode we basically have a debate about you know whether Percy Weasley is good or bad with Chris Rankin himself. Who played and, Percy Weasley, if yeah. anyone is unsure about that. <laughs> anyone that doesn't know that is clearly a fake fan. Fake fan. Um, and, and then we also sent a video of Chris Rankin to Potulus, and some of you jumped on from that tweet. So just welcome to the basically three different ways we kind of blew up in the last month a little bit. And um, thanks and, for joining in whatever way you did. Yeah. And thank um, you to the people returning after two seasons as well. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much. We're sorry that it has been a little bit of a gap since our last um, episode, but 
we are super excited to start yeah. book three and which it's we nice will to go come to and it's nice for like all this stuff to happen in between two books and for us to yeah. come back with this bang with these new mics and everything else and to celebrate how much has happened because it's yes. been an emotional roller coaster for me and charlie to celebrate the new series new mics how much has happened and all the new and returning of you our alcohol this episode is Prosecco. Prosecco. Uh, we did discuss champagne, but we ain't that bougie. So um, no, we're really not. I decided I wanted to do this live on the podcast, which I apologize for your ears. We will probably end up editing this out when we decide it's a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't know why I decided. Also, I've only opened um, Prosecco like twice in my life because one time I nearly shattered a window. And we have expensive recording equipment around us, so hope this goes well. You I'm ready? terrified. You twist the bottle, not the cork. Bottle, not the cork. Bottle, not the cork. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm really sorry to anyone that needs a loo right now. <laughs> Cheers, my darling, to season Cheers, three. Mama. Before we start, we have a few thank yous to do, which... Um, there have been so many new reviews that came in and thank yous we need to do. We've had to split them across the next three episodes. Yeah. Um, so if we don't mention you yet, don't worry, we probably we will. will. We will. So firstly, thank you to our two new patrons, Christina and Amanda, who have jo both joined Team Patreon. We love you. Thank you very much. And remember, if you join our Patreon, there's lots of different bonuses over there, including getting to ask us a question at the end of the episode, being the people to choose our alcohol and more. So head on as over well there. As well as accessing like different kind oh, of yeah, content bonus from episodes. us. Like, bonus episodes. We're, that's probably where the rest of our Dracon content yeah. will end up going. We need to probably discuss it, but it will probably be over there within yes. the next few weeks. So. so if you like heard about Dracon but didn't get to go, a lot of it will be up on Patreon on the $5 a month tier, which is the same as a coffee once a month. So if you've got the spare cash it would be lovely but no pressure yeah and then a big thank you to some reviews as well so we have amdi 101 i uh, got two new friends to start listening thank you so much that's amazing yeah uh we have talia egg who left us a review and messaged us on instagram saying she really likes the podcast and specifically wanted a shout out so hi talia how are you doing? Hi. Hi. Uh, and then there is Who Is World who says that they love the British lingo. Thank you. We love it too. We're glad that you know and like our USB. Yeah. And finally, the uh, the last reviewer of this section, we have more coming in other episodes. Thank you to Clementine Hobby, whose review, I had to write it out in full because it was this. Sunshine daisies, butter mellow. God, the weather is moist today. Tom Riddle got hot. Big mood. Big mood. Absolutely oh. big mood. I don't understand heads or tails of that review, but it's a big mood. Nope. And a big thank you to two Facebook reviews we had had as well from Sarah Atkinson and Claire and Marie Harrison, who both left recommendations for us after seeing us at Dracon. So Hi, big thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Cool. Um, as we said, if we missed out yours, don't worry. It'll be coming in the next episode. And you can also leave us a review and you will get a shout out in the episode, either yeah. on Facebook or iTunes. So let's actually get into Prisoner of Azkaban, Charlie. How excited are you? I am so excited. So I said this at the end of Chamber of Secrets. As much as I love doing the first two books, this is the start where I was like, this is where it gets deep. Shit gets real. So the first question I have, tell me about your first experience reading the book. Don't remember. Come on, you did more research than that. No, I, well, I don't... First experience listening to the book? No, I don't remember. Um... <laughs> Hannah, this is the standard format of every new book and you've ruined it. <laughs> I, you know what my memory is like. We have been through this. My memory is very fucking bad. I do not have any memory of reading Prisoner of Azkaban for the first time. 
don't remember it. It all blends into one. I think I came into it late because of dyslexia and then I had the audiobooks and just marathoned them. So they all blend into one. I don't have any memory. I do have a memory of the film. I think I saw the third film three times in the cinema unintentionally. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, I definitely saw it, saw it once, twice. And then it was someone's birthday party and then for some Same. other reason. Yeah. Same, I went with a birthday party for the second time. Yeah. Uh, so I saw it like three times in the cinema and I remember that very vividly and I did not mind at all because it's such a fucking good film okay so I was hyping this up to Charlie before and I say hyping it up this was one of the most frustrating things that's ever happened to me and I couldn't care less no she can't care here's my confession about this this is confession time I hinted at this I think in our first ever episode this is the only book where I think I Ooh. saw the film before reading or listening to the book Blech yeah i know uh, but then i have the, all these memories about this and i tried to work it out about why i remember it like this none of the dates add up i even facetimed my mum earlier and she was like no you have to be wrong you've created false memories she was like you can tell the story but just be aware it's false memories so the prisoner of azkaban book came out in 1999 okay mm -hmm. but the film didn't come out till 2004 I thought that I really got into the Harry, like Harry Potter books in the, in the gap in between when Goblet of Fire was released and Order of the Phoenix was released, which is historically the huge gap. It's a three year gap. And although I'd, so I'd read the, listened to the first two books on audiobook by then and read them. But do you remember I said when we were doing the Chamber of Secrets intro that I got scared at the end yeah. of the book, put it down, didn't read it. That kind of put me off it for a little while. Mm. And even my mum agreed I was probably a bit too young. So I got scared, had, if I'm looking at the dates, two years off, then in between Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, really got back into it. But I think what must have happened was I got back into it with Goblet of Fire when that came out in 2000, or in between 2000 and 2003 when Order of the Phoenix came out. But I'm so confused. There's so many dates going Sorry, on. but never bothered to go back and read the book I'd miss, which is okay. Prisoner of Azkaban. Then in 2004, when the film came out, went to see it, thought oh well that fills the gap of everything i missed and never went back and never went back until i think probably this around the time the sixth book was coming out and was like fuck i should probably go back and read that and that means historically until the last two years this was my least favorite book why what Could so you... because i didn't read it so that's my other question to you where do you rank this i Honestly, when people are like, what's your favourite Harry Potter book? It's like picking children. <laughs> children. <laughs> I love Prisoner of Azkaban. I love Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. Not wine. Not, not wine. That's our name. <laughs> I love Deathly Hallows. I <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> I, I, I do. I love them all. I think the one thing that holds us back maybe from being my favourite is... Although I enjoy the time travel element of it, I find it quite repetitive once they then go back because it's a bit like we've done this. Oh, okay. So it was my least favourite book, I think because I hadn't, I clearly skipped it. I went from two to four, then watched the film and then years later gone back to the book and been like, well, it's not as action packed as the film and I missed it in the first place. So I didn't understand the plot relevance. Yeah. And so I was like, it's my least favourite. And it wasn't until I was like... I don't know, maybe 18, where in different interviews, like different members of the cast were asked, like, what's their favourite book? And they all said Prisoner of Azkaban. I was like, why does everyone like this so much? And I went back and reread it and was like, 
oh, it is really good. And then in the last two years, I've really concentrated on it. And it shot from last place to probably second or third favorite. That's like mad. It pushed yeah. its way through some other books that like other books in the series that I adore. And now I'm so passionate about this book. I think it has, spoiler warning for what we're going to talk about in future episodes, but the most well-rounded and concise plot of yeah. all the books. It is good. And I think that it's it stands out as probably the most different out of all the books. Like yes. Harry Potter can get a bit formulaic. There's no Voldemort. And that's the reason why I like it. Yeah. And obviously it's mixed up at times. Like the you know goblet of fire the triwizard tournament that's a nice mix up and deathly yeah. hallows and i think that's you know i say that those three are kind of my favorites those are the ones with the most different yeah. format to them i like this one quite i like a, this lot, one a lot and i think that it's also it's got a lot of the heartwarmingness of the first two books while some of the more darker elements but um, i like that a lot of my love from it comes from an adult reader because all the others like my favorite book is goblet of fire and my love from that comes from it being my favorite book as a child mm. but this i've learned to love it from me being not bothered by it as a child. Yeah. But that's a big confession as well, because it's the only book I didn't... I felt guilty, but I feel like people are going to tweet me like, you're not a real fan, how dare you? I feel like people are going to be like, Hannah, it's not that deep, no one cares. Yeah, please bear in mind I was like <laughs> six at the time when this book came out. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Moving on. Chapter one. Outpost. So, the books open with the whole previously on, on Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> it's which, just like, in case you didn't read the last two books, in which, which case you're not going to have any fucking clue what goes which on. Which clearly but... I needed in book four because I skipped book three, didn't I? Yeah. So clearly there was a reason why these previously on Harry Potter things were put in because kids did skip yeah. around. Yeah, and I get it, but it's still a bit tedious when it's like, Harry I was know. a wizard. wizard. <laughs> Especially because like... we're doing the books back to back. I'm like, yes, Harry we... with the Dursleys. Yes, yes Mr. Dursley has no neck. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, Harry, you know, had been attacked by this dark wizard yeah, the like... previous two years. You're like, we know this. I love it in the later books where they try to squish the really complicated plot into three sentences. Like here, it's okay. It's like, there was a snake. It's fine. It's in the later books where it's like, and Voldemort came back and this happened. I'm like, how have you squished a book this long into three sentences basically the films yeah uh, uh, pretty much so the chapter anyway. opens with harry doing his homework under the covers and it specifically says he makes a tent under the covers and i'm like yeah he does i made a tent with my curtain today to take some selfies i was making dick joke i know you were i avoided the dick joke how dare you i'm trying to be more high class with this no i'm joking it's not going to be high class no so one of my first texts to you was charlie can you take a picture of your first oh, page of the sake. book yeah. And tell me, who wrote A History of Magic in your copy? In my copy, which was the Kindle American copy, it was Bethilda Bagshot. So I have, with this book is, a, I have a 17th printing of the first edition, or the right. ninth printing of it, like a very early printing of the first edition. I already hate her for this, by the Nobody way, Nobody break into my house and steal my books. Uh, it says A History of Ma Magic by Adalbert Waffling. It's a mistake. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet the picture of my page and your page. That's why I asked you for a picture. Hannah was being all like, oh, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, oh, it's so exciting. Ooh. And I was like, let me guess, you've got an early edition and it says a different name. And she's like, I'm not saying. And I'm like, look, it's either a different name or there's a typo because you love that shit. That I is Hannah crack. I do love crack. that shit. It I, is crack to uh, her. Mistakes in early editions are my crack. 
gets me get up in the a fucking life you run a harry potter podcast no one can prove that um so there's a whole recap on who the dursleys are and then harry tells the story of how he stole the textbooks out from the cupboard under the stairs and it said he picked the lock and thank god he's learned to pick a lock because you remember one of the complaints with chamber yeah. of secrets was like harry learned to pick a lock learned to pick a fucking he's learned lock. to pick a lock fred and george have taught him something that is character development character growth here it is proud of you harry proud well you. done claps for harry oh i just launched my <laughs> notebook at Hannah. <laughs> just threw it at Hannah. so yeah harry's doing his homework in secret in his uh tent, tent. under the covers mm. um because you know he's a big fucking nerd um, it's not as bad as the films where it's the lumos maxima thing and then oh. it gets too much for him i'm like that's a mess metaphor for wanky and also like we'll just we'll save that for the film episode anyway exactly anyway something i picked up on is like a direct quote is it says a large leather-bound book and for some reason this made me think about how fucking shit hogwarts is for like anyone learning disabilities i'm sorry when you have these like huge like it's not like a you know you know learning disability friendly textbook with visuals and easy fonts blah 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 like they're these like kind of like quill written large leather bound but even like, if they're the not fuck? quill written they're like tiny print and they say they have like gossamer thin pages and yeah. stuff like that this is not okay this is not how education should work you were cutting off like a huge amount of people by... but charlie you've got to remember this is written by jk rowling there are no people with learning disabilities yeah we don't exist and neither do trans people according to jk rowling get out but i do i wish that we could learn more about wisdom history because a bit when he's saying about um what's her face what's her face that got herself burnt oh got herself burnt a load of times yeah yeah that's so fucking interesting yeah that's it's, the kind oh, of shit i want to learn about get, like i'm uh, sorry i don't fucking care about the quidditch side book thing no give me a proper history of magic like the, those random fucking tidbits i think fucking it sounds like it. the woman who really liked being burnt that definitely sounds like a sexual thing right <laughs> oh big when time. it was like she enjoyed being burnt so much she did it 42 times i was like yeah no that turned hot on that yeah. shit turned yeah like it started on. off she was just into like a bit of wax play and then it really fucking escalated yeah so <laughs> then then we have the story of ron phoning the dursleys and shouting down the phone and as charlie said it's much like me the first time we got these new mics shouting down the mics because i didn't understand audio leveling yeah <laughs> hannah the entire fucking live episode if you ever heard hannah's mic go bad that's because she was fucking screaming down them because she doesn't understand that they are microphones <laughs> like why would hell. i i'm not a trained audio professional it's a microphone it's a very easy concept to understand anyway so we then find out it's harry's 13th birthday and then we get another recap so at least the thing i like if i'm gonna find a good thing about the recap paragraphs is they're spread out throughout the plot at least it's not like one page of being like harry did this harry did this it's like we talk about this we talk about this and that reminded Harry of when Voldemort tried to kill him that time. <laughs> so we have a recap of the Voldemort-Harry backstory. Harry's looking out the window all like, wow, yeah. it's my birthday. Also, blah, blah, blah. At one point, it's like, because of the whole like telephone thing, it's like, oh, Harry, as a result, hadn't heard from any of his friends the entire summer. When did they fucking forget how to write? So he's not allowed to send Hedwig. But then the owls arrive at his. Yeah. So clearly the owls are allowed to come to him exactly so it's like uh no i forgot how to write <laughs> yeah oh uh yeah done forgot yeah done yep. forgot but three owls arrive carrying all the news of the summer that he hadn't heard in six weeks with convenient Harry's for the plots and also really convenient fucking timing the fact that they arrive at like 1 a.m into his birthday like how well timed well they were 
they, they, they were carrying birthday presents. They were there for his birthday. But what I wondered is the convenience of how the owls ran into each other. Like, they're all flying from different directions, you know. Yeah. Errol's coming from Egypt, which I'll get into. Hedwig's coming from France. The Hogwarts owl is coming from Scotland. At what point did those directions... You know, one from the north, one from the south. Oh no, let's not get started on geography. <laughs> Trifecta into Harry's bedroom to yep. carry Errol. Where did they meet up in the air? Maybe there was some big owl orgy going in, on in, and they in all Norfolk? kind of stopped. Was it in Norfolk? in Norfolk? Was the owl orgy in Norfolk? Owl orgy in... Oh, we have our episode title. Owl orgies in Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like, it's it's still convenient timing that it's like 1am. You say they're all coming from different places, but they all met up at like 1am. And it's not like, oh, it was, you know, like 7am on his birthday that they happened to turn up. Like, why were they like... It, like, you would be like, okay, I'm sending a present to my friend. Let's send it so that it comes in the morning on their birthday. Not 1am. I don't think owls have like that. Owls seem to know a lot. There's a point later in the book where Hedwig turns up five minutes before Harry. Like owls have really specific timings. They're very punctual. They are. So the owls arrive and as well as birthday cards, they carry news. And one of the main bits of news is an article, article, <laughs> article about the Weasleys winning gold and uh, like prize money for some like lottery thing and yep. going to Egypt. And I had a yep. question. Yeah. The Weasleys are a very poor family. Are they sensible to spend this money on a holiday? So I have this written down in my notes. So my note is the Weasleys, in bracket, irresponsibly, used almost all the money on a month long trip to Egypt. Egypt, which is like, this is my thing because I, I'm a big, like, I believe, okay, poor people. <laughs> have like completely the right like you should be able to afford luxuries like you should be able to okay like yeah you may not have money but you should be able to treat yourself to a coffee or like a holiday or something like it's not no one should be like oh well you're clearly not poor if you're spending that money my issue is that the fact that it's a month long that's just an unnecessary when your kids are then going out going without later on in the books did you need it could have been a week you don't need to spend a month there yeah but i texted a photo like um rob my mate like asked me what I was doing and I sent him like oh making podcast notes and a photo and then he was like why the fuck are you ragging on the Weasleys <laughs> like it was like this page he's like why are you having a go at the Weasleys for going on a holiday he's like you are so mean so I was kind of in two minds about it because the thing with the Wizarding World is like clearly they own the house so rent and mortgage bills aren't an issue here food do you know be... that they own the house yeah they like basically no they built they they own the pigsty and then they built up from it yeah, but the, what about the property? They might have to be paying a mortgage on the property. No, I think they bought that pigsty because it was a pigsty and then built it into a house. Yeah, but it's still land is quite valuable. And where is this? Is this somewhere it's in, in the country? It's in Ottery St. Catchpole, which is in Cornwall. So in Cornwall, land is going to be... But it's a wizarding village, so it does land cost a different amount. This things we don't well, know. Well, this is the thing. And like, this is... The, what is the wizarding economy? What is the wizarding economy? We just don't know. Anyway, um... So, and also food isn't that much of an issue because they can make lots of it. So that leaves the question of even though you're poor, what are your needs? Because to me, when I don't have much money, my needs are obviously my rent and bills and my food. And if I can get yeah. through them, sometimes I, I don't have I just want to know where else. their money goes. They're not having to feed, the, yes, they have lots of kids, but they're not having to feed their kids. Surely like robes and books and ones, yes, that's it's expensive. an expense. But like, that's like once a year. Yes, it's kind of seven, hit, not even seven hits because they only have, like well they have like quite a few five in school at this point yeah but like so like five is it six before no it's always been five in school five like 
yeah, it's a hit of five at the time, but it can't be surely that much. Like, when oh, you have the whole year to save for it. Like, he's head of department in the government. Well, then maybe their land does cost them a, a lot. But th- this is the thing. I flip-flop when I wrote this note in between, like, well, fuck it. They never treat themselves. Why not create this memory? Because it's not just a trip to Egypt. They're going to visit Bill, who barely ever sees them, and they barely yeah. ever get to see Bill. And that's got to be hard, especially on people like Ginny, who was so young you know, when Bill finished school, that she probably never got to spend time with him. So what an amazing memory to create. A full month spending time with Bill, being in Egypt, seeing all these amazing sights. But also, yeah, if your kids are literally going without, yeah, then like, you need to you you go without. Like, But do they go without? Like, are hand-me-down clothes a without? Because I don't... If you're no. clothed, it's not a without. No, exactly. In my, and maybe that's... Maybe I, maybe I think, that's a privileged opinion, but I grew up wearing hand-me-down I think clothes and shit. Things like, like the previous year, like Ron's one. Ron's one really annoyed me, but they replace his Ron straight away. That is something they do with the no, money. They, they they do, but then they say that basically after Egypt and then the wand, there's no more money. And yeah. who's to say that one of them wouldn't have broken their wand again or something like that? It, they should just, have kept some for a rainy day. Exactly. Like you didn't need a month. You could have done two weeks. You could have done mm. a week. Um, my thing that I love about this is. Yeah. Had Mr. Weasley not have won that, you know, lottery, Voldemort would never have come back when he did. Oh my God, I never even thought about this. Okay, I know what you're going to say, but can you explain step by step for the podcast? Yeah, so this is something that happens a lot, not only in Harry Potter and all kinds of books and fantasy and stuff, but particularly in Harry Potter, there's a lot of really like minor, like minuscule details that a fucking lot like rides on like accidentally. And it's brilliant to think of these really random small things. If they hadn't have happened, then other things wouldn't have happened. So to go through the the basic thing. So to go through, so if they hadn't, if Mr. Wheezy hadn't have won this like lottery, this grand galleon prize draw, whatever it was, they wouldn't have gone to Egypt. Meaning that Sirius would not have seen the photo of them in the paper Mm -hmm. with Scabbers. Scabbers, a.k.a. Peter Pettigrew. Pettigrew, Which means that he wouldn't have broken out, which means that they then wouldn't have later had the confrontation where then Scabbers gets away and goes to Voldemort, which then he helps him to then master the plan with the whole Goblet of Fire thing when he then comes back when he does and here's the thing that was weird that was both of us it's your mum <laughs> yes it's my mum messaging both of us here's the thing there would have been probably something else which caused peter Pettigrew to break out or another death eater to go back to voldemort but i although you're right and it is like a trope oh sorry i hit the mic although you're right and it is like a trope where like these little things cause this huge thing that's ex- do you ever think about your life in that way though like oh, if God, you hadn't yeah. made that one it's very sliding doors if anyone's seen that yeah. film which is one of the best films ever i haven't oh my god we need to watch it i've seen a film you haven't i know that never happens holy fuck and it doesn't get any cultural references it's okay but you shocking. don't get sliding doors that's a big cultural reference no it's like your own oh. life which is it, it is so true and this is why it doesn't bother me i think it's fascinating to think about oh these it weird is things. so but it doesn't bother me that there is so much hinging on these random little moments because it's the same as and like i can literally list i could list examples even with this podcast like if tiny things have been different tiny things yeah then a lot of what we're doing now wouldn't be the same exactly if you hadn't have logged on to twitter at the exact right moment two years ago that's the weirdest one this is the weirdest one so a tiny bit of backstory on this the reason why me and charlie already knew each other uh one day we're hoping we become famous enough that somebody 
remembers where we first met because we don't. Uh, but it was back in the day when we both did beauty YouTube. If anyone wants to go digging through the internet, please God do, because we don't know where we met each other. Uh, so we followed each other on Twitter and then three to four years later, I was taking a break from social media at the time for mental health reasons. And um, just one day I happened to log into Twitter. I was checking it very sporadically. And within that hour I'd logged in, Charlie had posted a tweet that she was finishing up the internship she was on and the job was open. And it was the exact industry I wanted to work in. And I messaged yeah. her like, oh, I'm interested in applying. Can I talk to you about it? Yeah. And Bear in mind, we hadn't we spoken had in two years. Three. Yeah, probably three. Yeah. Um, I'd blanked one of her previous messages. Yeah, the bitch. I know. <laughs> um, and, you know, Charlie was absolutely lovely and an angel. And I ended up getting the job. And that's how this podcast started. But I... And I remember the moment I logged into Twitter that day. And I remember thinking... I'm going to check Twitter today. I'm feeling in a good mental health space to check Twitter because I was very low at that point. A lot of shit was going on in my life. So I, I wasn't using social media, which was very good. Um, and I remember thinking, yeah, I'm going to check it today. I feel in a good mental health space. And that was the hour you tweeted. Yeah. And that's weird. It is. But so that's why I don't And we wouldn't be it. sitting here. What yeah. you guys need to realise is we would not be sitting here making this podcast if I hadn't logged into Twitter. Yeah. Just then. And there's so many things like that. Because we and... became friends through working. Like I took over Charlie's internship and she was still working at the company. And, you know, boring finance meetings later, yeah. we decided to start a Harry Potter podcast. Exactly. And now there's so much of that. Everyone has those moments. Like I can think of like 10 different moments in my life where like huge things have happened from these tiny little moments. Yeah. And you think, oh my God, if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't made that like completely meaningless impulse decision yeah. over what type of biscuit to have then this huge life thing wouldn't have happened and it's really scary to think about what has happened and also like what hasn't happened what, that's what's yeah. scarier what hasn't happened yeah Ooh. i know maybe i should have offered that like help with the job to someone else <laughs> you love me no we had a great time together <laughs> charlie was all like i've got a proper job now i'm not gonna hang out with the interns and i dragged her down she did she did i was like no i had to be taken seriously i can't keep hanging out with the interns i'm not an intern anymore and then i was bear like in mind, me and charlie this are intern's this... really cool bear, bear in mind me and charlie are the same age she's not older than me i was just a year later to the internship yeah but it's one of the... we're on such a tangent it's a career thing though isn't it you shouldn't you don't hang out with the interns once you get to us a... but it's also like for your own personal, it's what you were talking, you talk about a lot, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome makes mm. you think you shouldn't hang out with the interns because you want to be taken seriously. But actually, interns are fucking sick. Inter and interns are the nicest, interns are the people who know everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they actually talk to all the people. Yeah. Interns. Anyway. Anyway. Back to, back to Make Harry friends Potter. with interns. But yeah. That was the longest tangent we made. It on? was. To summarise... M mad, mad little detail coincidence there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Percy's head boy. Percy is head boy. We Woo! love Percy. We Percy love is Percy. A, we love Percy. <laughs> uh, so Ron and Hermione in their letters invite Harry down to London for school shopping. No, wait, I have loads of notes before that. Oh, fucking sorry. Fucking hell, Hannah. So Hermione's letter is with Hedwig because Hedwig knew that Harry might not get presents, knew that Ron would have an owl to send up to Harry, but knew that Hermione wouldn't. So flew to France, even though at this point, Harry doesn't know Hermione's in France, flew to France to find Hermione to get her to attach the present to Hedwig. How fucking intelligent is Hedwig? And also, it's the Hedwig is the best damn owl. Yeah. I want a Hedwig. Underrated character. Literally underrated and, character. How is, it, how is that owl so intelligent? I know. And like, spoilers seems redundant to say but i think out of no 
there's a review that we're going to read out in two episodes. Someone is listening to this as they read the books for the first time. We can't help that, but I'm sorry. You don't want to spoil us. Skip ahead like 15 or 13 seconds. But yeah, the most unnecessary brutal death. It's not unnecessary. When we get there, I'll explain why it's not unnecessary. For literary development, it's not unnecessary. I know. It's a whole coming of age. Yes, it's a coming of age thing. I know, but also (laughs) didn't fucking need to happen. Hedwig knew that Hermione wanted to give Harry a present and flew to fucking France. Anyway... Um, Hermione's letter mentions Ron four times in the space of two paragraphs. Aww. So well done, JK, for really starting to pepper in this, like, they're interested in each other thing. And then we realise that Errol has flown from fucking Egypt. Oh, shit! <laughs> so when Errol, like, <laughs> collapses on the way, and we're all taking the piss out of Errol, because, like, oh, they collapsed on the way. Errol flew from Egypt Did- to England. <laughs> Did he? No, do we know that? And it mentions it later in the book that Ron feels guilty because he shouldn't have sent Errol on such a long journey he didn't tell his mum. No, you shouldn't have sent an owl to fly from Egypt, Ron. I never realised that. That is fucking hysterical. Like, Ron's a shit pet owner. Errol is not actually that elderly. It's just a normal fucking owl that just flew from Egypt. Egypt. Never quite recovered. But also, why would you take your pet owls at Egypt with you? I don't know. Supposed to feed it? I don't know. Oh man! Oh my God, oh, Errol! <laughs> justice, hold on, justice. Hashtag justice, justice for, for Errol. Errol. <laughs> oh God! And like, did Mrs. Weasley not just be like, "Where's, where's Errol? He's been gone like three weeks because he's flown to Egypt." <laughs> my. <laughs> And you could just picture like an actual child doing that, just not thinking it. Yeah, being like, oh, it's fine. I just need to send Harry a birthday present. It's fine. <laughs> it's and exactly why it's suspicious timing. Like, how do you time it that you leave from Egypt and then turn up at 1am? Yeah, you were like, why can't the owls arrived at 7am? I don't know, Charlie, because they flew from fucking Egypt. Yeah, but no, that's my point. Is that it's like, it was like on the dot his birthday that they arrived. Yeah. Like, I would believe like 7am more, like halfway through the day. It's like, I'll kind of like arrive in yeah. short time. But that's like if you sent something via like Royal Mail for someone's birthday and you use like a first class stamp and then like Royal Mail at 1am on the door were like, it's been your birthday for an hour. We're really sorry that we're an hour late. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Exactly. Anyway, what was your point? Oh, Harry and Ron's uh, letters both mentioned going to London. Yeah, so um, Hermione and Ron invite him to come to London mm. for school shopping. He then has also a present and a card from um, Hagrid. Hagrid saying that the present will come in handy in school, but they, he'll, like, tell him yeah. more later. And then my note is just, and I can't... I mean, obviously, I know the context of this, but now, in hindsight, it seems like a bit of a leap. But I've written Monster Book of Monsters Bondage. Because <laughs> he puts a belt around it. What kind of weird-ass mood was I in where I was like, yeah, yeah you were, were you a bit doing horny? a bit of bondage on Do- the Monster Book <laughs> yeah. of Monsters. Oh, my God, when you tie a belt, like... Do you get when you tie a belt around your jeans, you're like, oh, it's a bit like bondage, isn't it? I've tied a belt around my jeans. Back to a more serious point. I want to bring up a serious point. Um, I found it offensive that both Hagrid and Ron in their letters refer to the Dursleys rather than by name as just the Muggles. I I basically found it offensive in the way that they, they... Referring to the Dursleys as just the Muggles, they either think that all Muggles 
are as bad as the Dursleys and that all muggles are negligent and evil, or that muggles aren't worthy of real names and proper yeah. names. And I think you can clearly see the difference because, and this was clearly intentional by J.K. Rowling because Hermione doesn't call them muggles. Obviously, she's the only one in her letter to say, I hope your uncle or I hope Mr. Mm. Dursley wasn't too angry about the phone yeah. call and she uses their name. And I just find it like, it's that thing about ingrained negligence from Hagrid and Ron who've grown up in the Wizarding World who think it's okay to just refer to people mm. as muggles. Whereas if you think about it, referring to someone like muggles is essentially, you know, if we want to call it allegory for a race, whatever, that's basically referring to someone as by their racial term. Exactly. Which is seriously offensive yeah and i think it's a reoccurring theme that we do have of wizards seeing them above not only other magical creatures but particularly above yeah muggles even and... if they're on the good side quote exactly. unquote good side yeah it is it's really patronizing to just refer to someone as the muggles and i know that the dursleys are bad people yeah. and if they were good people ron and probably hagrid would both be like oh i hope your uncle blah 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 if his uncle was lovely mm. but it shouldn't be just because his uncle is horrible that you use a generic term for their yeah non-magic yeah in an allegory for race that's pretty disgusting yeah, yeah. i didn't pick up on that good point good thank point. you thank you so there's also a letter from hogwarts which has a hogsmeade mm -hmm. form which harry's like oh shit how am i gonna get that signed and then I have that as the end of the chapter. So do I. Yeah, Aww. my thing ends with the Hogsmeade letter. Harry goes to sleep. Yep. Chapter two. Aunt Marge's big mistake. It's the next morning. It's breakfast time. We love breakfast. I do love what breakfast. What did you have for breakfast, Hannah? <laughs> so I went into Neil's the freezer. dick. <laughs> Sorry. No. I went into the freezer and there was no bread. That's where I, that, that's where I keep my bread. Um... Neil had eaten it all. Oh, uh, then the I found never liked him. Then I found a part baked roll that we've had in the cupboard for ages that I got really excited about because I love part baked rolls. And then I opened it, and the smell wafting from it made me retch inside my own mouth. So clearly that was gone off. So I put that in the bin. I didn't think this would be such a story. <laughs> then I got really sad. And then you know my party where I brought out sausage rolls at eleven p.m. Yep. I ate some leftover sausage, like leftover ones that were in the freezer, and I yeah. cooked them for breakfast. I cooked miniature sausage rolls for breakfast beautiful i really didn't i expected like you had a weatherspoons breakfast i expected like toast that's what i wanted that's what i went to the freezer for toast instead i got essentially the plot of lord of the rings <laughs> and then i traveled across many lands to find the sausage rolls yes you went you had a weatherspoons fry up i did i had a vegetarian breakfast from spoons it was fucking great. watching the news and there's a news report about sirius black and how he's an escaped convict 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 um Vernon also mentions that Aunt Marge is coming to visit and Harry's um, like, oh fuck. Vernon also mentions about the Sirius Black News report that he wants to bring back capital punishment. See, I didn't write a note on that because I was like, well, yeah. But I was kind of like, yeah, obviously Vernon does, he's a dickhead, but also wow, you really are a dickhead. And it's not just capital punishment, mm -hmm. like I want them to die, it's I think they should be hung. Hung? Yep. yep. Hung? <laughs> He just like Vernon is just one of those men, you know, when it's like, you know, when people say stuff like that, and it's like, I don't believe that you do actually want those people to be hung. No, nobody I wants believe anyone to be hung. That you just 
fucking love the sound of your own voice. Yep. You think that your imp- your opinions are so fucking important. Especially because your wife just nods along all meekly when yeah. you spout them. You're yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to say this really edgy thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh. Basically, I think that he is, what's his face? That I'm really glad. Oh, Piers Morgan. I forgot his fucking name because that's how fucking irrelevant he is. Fuck well, like, you. Fuck you, Piers Morgan. You only tweet shit to try to stay relevant. And that's Vernon Dursley. Yep. Anyway, anyway, so Aunt Marge is coming to visit. Harry's like, oh, that's a bit shit. Uh, Vernon goes to get him, her, him, her. Well, uh, here's a note we'll get into. Him, her of Aunt Marge. I don't know if this is that weird, but there was a quote. Uncle Vernon was pulling on his car coat. <laughs> what? What? Hold on. Hold on. Hannah d- doesn't believe me. So, no, I'm really angry that Charlie is reading the fucking American version of this book because our USP, you know our USP written down, if we market ourselves, is a British Harry Potter podcast? I think I only did the first chapter. Oh, no, really? I did the first half a chapter off the American Kindle. I did the rest on the British audiobook. I normally, oh, okay. no, I normally do it on the British audiobook mm. because I only have the Kindle American versions. I do own, obviously, the British books. Anyway, car coat, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a car coat because I do normally have the British versions. I just, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about car coat and then we'll swing back to the bit we're going to cut out. Um... Uh, I mean, I didn't have a car coat. I did have things that were for my car. Like, I had particular... I didn't have even have car no, but shoes. I, but I had shoes it. I no, prefer to drive no, no, in. No, no, it's not like the coat for the car. Oh. Car coat's a thing, because I Googled it, because I was like, what the fuck is a car coat? A car oh, coat is like a, a like style of coat for the car. I mean, people used to have driving gloves, Charlie. What do you expect? I know, I just... These people had driving gloves. I just thought it... I thought it was weird, okay? I used to have Wellingtons constantly in my boot, but I think that's quite normal. Please tweet us if you desperately wanted to know whether... If you have a car coat. No, just tweet us if you have a car coat. No, just tweet us if you... Tweet us if you have a car coat! In the fact that (laughs) Hannah used to have wellies in the boot of her car. Just, right. Charlie doesn't understand driving because in her own words, I'm LGBTQ, we don't drive. Gay people can't drive. I know gay people that drive. Well, they're faking it then. One of my very good friends, I, I was I, I helped him pass his test. But they're either lying about being gay or lying about being able to drive. I, I was there the day he passed his test. Look, I don't make the rules. <laughs> but somebody said gay people can't drive. Yeah, and we also sit weird. Tweet us, are you LGBTQ? Can or can you not drive? (laughs) So Harry has to lie and say that he goes to a school for criminal boys. And Harry ends up using that as bargaining for getting Uncle Vernon to sign the form. He's basically like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be tragic if I, I you know, forgot what the name, like it was fucking a class manipulation from Harry. Yeah, well that Harry is really starting to understand how manipulation works. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about because at this point it, it kind of it reached a point where I had to write it down mentions of Dudley's fatness in this chapter oh yeah it's through the like I know in the first two books Dudley was described as big whatever he's yep. described as big he's described whatever zero out of ten Harry would not fuck yeah exactly in literally one sentence in this book in this chapter and disregarding all the other sentences it says he has picky eyes Five chins and porky shoulders. <laughs> I wanted to... You look like you are on such a oh, roll. Oh, sorry. Piggy eyes, five chins and porky shoulders. And I feel like it's 
J.K. Rowling being like, how can I villainize this character if he doesn't do anything bad in this chapter? Ah, I will make references to his size. Mm-hmm. It's genius. They won't realize what I'm doing. Um, it's, I think it gets better in later books. I believe this is the most blatant out of all the books and this chapter is one of the worst, but every sentence that includes Dudley, if it talks about his eyes, it's piggy eyes. Yep. His shoulder, when someone pats it, is porky. Yep. It's unnecessary. Look, maybe she was really hungry. <laughs> yeah, she was like, mm, I just really sausages. fucking want some pork. <laughs> bacon. Bacon. Mm. Bacon. So yeah. Harry sends Hedwig to Ron. So that means another fucking journey oh, to shit. fucking Egypt. <laughs> Harry's like, I have to pretend to be normal. I'll send Hedwig to Ron. Hedwig's like, no, that's in Egypt, please. You fucking dick. <laughs> I didn't want this. Uh, I really hope that the owls can do some kind of like owl version of the apparition. <laughs> like <laughs> they get to the edge of the property line. And they're just like, wait, Whoop. wait, hang on. This is this is bothering me now. I'm googling Egypt owl speed. <laughs> Average right? speed wait, of an owl. Wait, so what is he's a white owl? Snowy. It's a she. The distance from Britain to Egypt is three thousand seven hundred and seventy-two kilometers. That and far. Snowy owls can travel at speeds close to 75 kilometers per hour. So if I divide that by 75, 50 hours, that would be two solid days of flying. Without breaks. (laughs) Without breaks. So three days with breaks. Three days with breaks or two solid days of flying to get to eat. Harry, you're a dick. Ron, you're a dick. I love math. Aunt Marge arrives. She does. And within one sentence, she's described as nor out of ten, beefy, and with a mustache. What lovely coding from J.K. Rowling. I wonder if this is going to be a good or a bad character. Hmm. They're misgendering the character. The character looks more like a man than their womanly gender. Mm-hmm. Wait, they must be a bad character, said J.K. <sighs> Rowling. It's- this is the thing. I'm so... Even before JK... Like, why didn't we know before she outed herself as a massive transphobe that she was a massive transphobe? All she ever does is, like, if this character is male and they act feminine, then they're evil. Yeah. Or if they are feminine act, and act masculine, then they are evil. The only exception to is this... Hagrid. Is Hagrid. Is You... Dumbledore potentially, but we of we see him as a grey area by yeah. the end of the book. So the only good example of this is Hagrid. And everyone else is a negative example. Everyone else, it's like if they break away from their gender norms and they're evil. So it's like fucking yeah, like this is the thing. People are like, oh, like maybe she didn't mean to follow that person. Maybe she slipped and fell and by some tragic accident liked that tweet. Like no, I'm sorry. There's one. There's been too many times of her doing that, and two, like the fucking subtext is there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm. Ugh. I know. And like, literally, until we started doing this deep analysis, I was like, she might be following these people to follow the tweets they make because she's doing research for a book. Like I was literally that into. Or I knew she wasn't perfect, but I was also like, look, she's in her fifties now. You know, she's not going to be as woke as we want her to be. But we've got to give her some benefit of the doubt. But then when I start doing this deep reading mm-hmm. and seeing some yeah. of this, I'm like. No, bitch is transphobic. And like, I'll still, 
I said, I've said this so many times and I just want to make this clear because we've got a not, lot of new listeners and somebody summed it up so well to me at DreadCon. They came up to me afterwards and they were like, I really appreciate what you said about JK Rowling. And I was like, we try to find a balance because we so appreciate the work she wrote. It doesn't take away the fact from that she's a fucking genius. Yeah. Like she's a fucking genius. And the, yeah. and the girl said, and hi, if you're listening, because you said you'd listen to us. Hi. She said, you have to celebrate that... Uh, separate the art from the artist you do you do and there there is this with so much like morrissey and the smiths and uh what's his face with black books and fucking uh father ted and everything that that dude did whose name i'm now blanking on i think that it is very important to call people out on this shit and to acknowledge it i do not think that people being problematic means that you can't enjoy the good side of them or things that they have produced i think it's really important to acknowledge it doesn't ruin it and jk rowling did so much for me personally with my dyslexia i feel like she has done so much for our generation in terms of making us more tolerant which is something that we talked about at dracon we did an entire talk on how she's shaped millennials to be more tolerant yeah she is not a perfect person and i will absolutely not stand by her attitudes towards transgender mostly yeah and i will not stand by how she handled the johnny depp situation no however we will always call that out on this podcast because but, I think that these are important conversations to have. But at the same time, she's also done a lot of good and much like a lot of the characters in Harry Potter, there is no straight good or bad. No. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of gray area. And that's the exact same with J.K. Rowling. And like in 1999, when this book was written, this was fucking woke. This was woke. Yeah. That word didn't exist, but it was. And like, she hasn't kept up with the times and that's sad and that's a shame, but that doesn't take away from the brilliant work. We're just calling her out for her shit now. And looking back, this description of Aunt Marge, if I read this in a book now, that came out nowadays, it's not okay. It's not okay. No. They spend the week with Aunt Marge and Mm -hmm. she's being like an obnoxious cow as she always is. She's literally worse than the Dursleys, which is saying a lot. Yeah. She's fucking vile, but Harry's kind of like rising above it, tuning Mm -hmm. out, getting on with it once makes a glass smash but until the last day is doing okay yep um so harry is just distracting himself he's thinking a lot about his broomstick um, his, yeah his broomstick care kit and there are so many broom <laughs> where it's and like he's jokes. like remembering the chapter where it's like grasp the handle i'm like oh dear christ polish oh, the broom oh it just, it's like it's basically essentially jk rowling's like yeah he got through that week with aunt marge just by rubbing one out 24 7 yeah literally he went up to his room and was like Ugh. yeah so harry uh blows up aunt marge wait no <laughs> i have a point before that harry blows up aunt marge because she's goading him about the fact that james potter was unemployed because mr Dursley says he was unemployed L- looking like as an adult i've like obviously read a lot on potlers and read some of the extra stuff jk rowling has done james and lily were unemployed <laughs> i feel like they had bigger fish to fries no i know exactly so they left school bear in mind they only had harry at 21 they left school at 18 and at the height of the war with voldemort joined dumbledore's army yeah. were able to do that with money because james was rich because his family invented sleekies hair potion mm-hmm. fun fact so his family was rich enough that they were able to not need the extra money so just do dumbledore's army full-time which is obviously a huge asset to dumbledore's army but therefore by any technicality were unemployed and never had 
real jobs before they died. Yeah, which is a really interesting thing because they're kind of two sides to it where it's like, by J.K. Rowling putting in this, oh, they were unemployed thing, that's kind of the weird classism. And it is, and it's the classic, like, the Dursleys are very, like, the Thatcherite era of you need to work a good job nine to five and have your house and be perfect. Yeah. And they're judging the Potters for not working because yeah. they don't fit into the moulds they exactly. understand. And it's, like, that really, like, gross thing where people, like, um, judge who you are as a person and what you're worth by your contribution to capitalism. Yeah. Which, fuck that. Fuck but the debt. on the other side of the coin, they're actually, they are using their privilege for good. Exactly. Like they can afford to be unemployed and rather than, you know, going on several thousand gap yards. Gap yards! They're like fighting a war and doing an incredible amount of good. They're literally so... working for an army without being paid. Exactly. Like, which is incredible. So there's kind of the weird two sides of the coins. It's like, is this classist or is this a good example of using your privilege? Exactly. And it's a good example of how different people can view that very differently. I just found it interesting that it's not a lie from Vernon saying yeah. that James Potter was unemployed. Mm -hmm. He was unemployed in the understanding that Vernon Dursley has of what unemployed means. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So this is then the point I had. Aunt Marge says multiple times that if Harry had been dumped on her doorstep, she would have taken him straight to an orphanage. And we know the Dursleys never wanted Harry because they knew his family was a wizard. Mm -hmm. And there's always this question of whether they would have accepted a child from a family where like their sister had been in a car crash and the child got left behind would they have accepted that child as their child therefore i have this question of whether aunt marge how evil is she that she doesn't know mm. that harry's a wizard and all this weirdness but she still thinks that it's <gasps> acceptable yeah. for a child to be kicked off to an orphanage when their parents die how abhorrently evil do you have to be to think no i wouldn't raise the mine blood nephew yeah I like, would send them off to an orphanage. I guess I'm sorry. That if I somewhere. was, if, especially if I already had one child, if my sibling died and left me their child, I would raise that child as my own. Yeah. Obviously. Who wouldn't? How evil and twisted do you have to be to not raise that child as your own? Yeah, 100%. And it's it's that thing where she clearly, like, they spun her a tale about being like, oh, they were good for nothing, unemployed people. And that's all it's taken for her to just fucking hate harry with a passion to the point she thinks he should be abandoned it's like but also you've spun this tale whatever so why not want to raise the child let's say that story is true yeah why not want to raise the child to be better exactly. why not be the people that are like this child would have had a bad start in life but yeah. i'm gonna raise them so that they're better off and contribute to the world yeah. it's almost like a caricature of like how evil she is and yeah the, the dursleys in general it's like but then you actually have to Remind yourself, no people genuinely are that shit. No, there are. That's the thing. In my head, hopefully I'm a good person. I would, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> if a child got left on my doorstep, even if they weren't a blood relative of mine, I'm raising it as my own. If that's you know, if it's been left to me, of course, of course, of course, of course. But there are literally people in this world who would be like, it's not my responsibility. Get it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So Harry blows her up. <laughs> <laughs> Harry blows a bitch up. A fucking dessert. Yep. Um, Marge starts <laughs> to inflate. Harry grabs all of his stuff and walks out. That's it. Mick drop. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I love when he like grabs his case. He's like, I'm leaving. It's like, all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can stay, but okay. <laughs> and it literally describes him as like walking downstairs with everything under his arm and then walking out the door. I'm like, what? So he had the empty case, 
all his stuff under his arm then on the street was just stuffing the stuff into the case yeah uh, it's just total like did you ever try to uh, um like run away run away when you were a kid yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so my drive there's like the main driveway bit yeah and then there's like kind of like the hedge and the shed and then hedge there's like then there's like a little pathway down like the side oh, of yeah. the garden I, that no one it. ever 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 would use it was like mostly like because we had big conifer hedges so the pathway was mostly overgrown uh, overgrown conifer hedges okay um so one time i got really upset when i was like a child and like ran away which basically meant that i stormed out of the drive walked to the other end of the conifer hedge and then walked slightly down this pathway so that I was like there was like a gate in the way and then also even the gate wasn't there there was the garage so you wouldn't have seen it but it meant that the neighbour opposite could just see me just stood there I just stood there like probably in the mood like run away it was like a child and then like my mum was like freaking out like where is she where is she and then the neighbour was like she's right there I don't remember any story specific that I don't remember ever getting anywhere outside the house, but I do remember sitting in my room and packing shit, being like, <laughs> pack to run away and be like, I need this teddy bear and this biscuit and I'm set. Who needs anything else to run away? Yeah. And that's Harry at this moment. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking pack my case and fucking run away. Where was he going? And this, this is, is the thing. point in the next chapter. Yeah, okay, okay. It's for the next chapter. Um But where was he going? This is a really good intro to the book. Yeah. It is. It's like a bit you no, but you texted me like these first two chapters, nothing happens. No, nothing happens. But it's still a good intro. It is. It's a good, like, because nothing normally ever happens. I really enjoyed these two chapters. They're yeah. really funny and just... They, they, I didn't realise all the Marge stuff happened in one chapter. I thought it happened across, like, three chapters. Yeah, that's true. In book five, it would have happened across ten chapters. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Drag that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. We'll go to the um, Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patron, Sandra, for her help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes... Check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash goblet of wine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye!